Hey guys. And the mic's hot. Can you guys hear us? Can you guys hear us? Now we're good. There we there go. There we go. Welcome to the Rad Years Podcast, everyone. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. This is our first live one ever. And I mean, we're going to have to hold for applause a lot, but uh, I think we can get through um, it. Please bear with us. We are trying something new today. We're actually having a format uh, in front of us. Usually I just scrawl notes on a napkin or the back of a uh, potato chip bag yeah. with a Sharpie. Yeah. A lot of this is just us pulling memories out. And for me in particular, I see one little thing like, I think I remember that. And then just digging deep and digging deep. And next thing I know, I'm reading like New York Times articles from the money section about Mattel from 1989. Yeah, and we're we're going to try not to tangent so much because we're on a strict time limit. And we will be joined by the Cybertron Spree later. Yeah, we're really looking forward to those guys. We'll be talking to uh, RC, Rumble, and uh, Hot, Rod. Hot Rod. And so. uh, yeah, they're coming straight from uh, the yeah. moon of Cybertron. Yes. We'll be right. back. Uh, so anyway, Stanley always said to treat every comic book like it's the reader's first comic book ever. So we're going to just say a little bit about what we mainly talk about on the radio. Some of these topics we've talked about in the podcast before, and some we haven't. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, come closer yeah. so you can hear us. Yeah, these three that I particularly picked for this show are very near and dear to my heart, and I stand by them, and that's why I will ramble on and on and ad nauseum, and people will get start to get irritated, um, particularly about my love for this particular cartoon and this particular line of action figures that I feel didn't get enough credit that it deserved. All right, here's our first. Only one man is tough enough to stop the evil outlaw Tank Tanks. The Brave Star. Neutral laser and laser fire fingers sold separately. You're a buster, Jetpack. My laser fire backpack makes me unstoppable. You're history, Brave Star. Never. Think you're tough enough my neutral laser cannon? Watch this. Ah, what happened? Laser fire. Neutralizer, Laser Fire, Brave Star, and Tex Hex. Each sold separately, batteries not included. You from Mattel. Batteries were never included. No. Nine volts. Nine volts. Now, you guys remember these Brave Star figures. These things were a work of art, in my opinion. They're about eight inches tall. They were bigger than your average action figure at the time, especially put out by Mattel. And they weighed anywhere from 20 to 30 pounds. 11 points of articulation. Like, these were massive toys. Like, the wrist spun, and actually the legs could actually pop off the ball joint, everything was ball jointed, and even the head was, so the head could swivel. They came with these, with their Neutralizer backpacks that ran off a 9-volt battery, and they were infrared packs. And when triggered, the button would do one of two things. It would fire the infrared signal to the next backpack, and if it hit that, it would beep, and it would also trigger the quick draw action that was built into the figures as well. There was a lot they, of detail these in these in guys. Like a giant, these came in like a shoebox, right? Yeah, well, the packaging for the individual figures was large, but when I got mine, I got it came with Brave Star, who was our hero, and Tex Hex, who was our main villain, and their Neutralizer backpacks. Did you get them brand new, or did Mama Squeezer find them at a flea market? Uh, I, they, I think they came off of uh, KB a little later down the line. 
um, because uh, those, they, those red slash KB toys. Yeah, a lot of slashes on that price sticker. These did not do that well. The thing was, they came out with the cartoon that ran 65 episodes from 87 to 88. And what happened was they wanted to get ahead of the Christmas rush of 86, so they pushed these toys out early without any real instructions on how to play, because what is a Saturday morning cartoon, we all admit, it's a 22-minute toy commercial wrapped up with eight minutes of toy commercials. So Also, some of those anti-drug campaigns. Yes. Um, guy turning into a snake scared the bejesus out of me. Well, there actually was even a Brave Star. That's kind of got them off the hook with the FCC. They did a couple of series with like drug addiction and stuff, and it muddied the waters where they couldn't just say, this is just a strict advertisement. What so that, planet did Brave Star take place on? Uh, it was New Texas. And on New Texas, there was a drug problem? Yes. Oh. Yes. Um, the big problem, it was it. the Old West. They were mining curium, and there are these little people there um, that loved mining the curium. They loved it. It was like free slavery. They kind of washed over that. It's like, these people love to work for us, be my guest. One of them would be Deputy Fuzz, who is kind of like um, if you gave uh, Schnarf a badge. It's pretty much... But he was the, side what, of the comedic yes, relief of the show? he was a comedic relief. He was always causing trouble. He, he had, had a catchphrase. Put, put me on the hook spot. now. We're talking yeah. the figures. Right, I'm trying to figures. go figures here. Because we are running... I'm already pushing you over your edge. <laughs> um, yeah, the problem you were saying about packaging, they were on the larger size and they were expensive. So toy stores didn't necessarily want them on their shelves either. For one Brave Star, you could fit like two or three visionaries up there on your shelf. Um, and they were heavy too, right? They were heavy, yeah. Well, they were bulky figures and they were bigger than anything else that was out there. But for me, it was the detail. Like just beautifully um, modeled and painted. Um, and then they also had a ton of accessories. Um, Brave Star came with a hat that I pretty much lost before it even came out of the packaging. They only ever made one series of these because sales did not do so well. They blame, Mattel blamed it for all their losses in the first quarter. They shipped $15 million worth of merchandise. It wasn't a second coming of Masters of the Universe is what no. you're saying. This is what it was supposed to be. It was be. supposed to be. They thought this was going to be their saving grace. And they shipped $15 million worth of merchandise before the cartoon ever hit, and it did not sell. Which is unfortunate, because I think they were awesome toys. The, and the Fort Curium playset was awesome as well. Surprisingly, they're hard to find new, like mint in box now. I, right? I picked up, I picked up, I picked up, I mean, I held them in my hand. They weren't <laughs> mint in box. They were, looked like they got run over by Brave Star's Horse 3030. They're still in the box. They're still in the box. And the guy wanted 150 a piece for him. Well, we don't know. He said 150. 150. Yeah, I there 150. I looked at all the other prices he had on this stuff, and I put them down because <laughs> I don't think I've ever held anything that expensive in my hand before. Um, they only made one series. Unfortunately, they were supposed to be uh, like uh, uh, J.B. McBride, who was the uh, female counterpart to Brave Star. She was supposed to have one out. She never got her action figure, who was also voiced by Sue Blue in the cartoon who RC could attest they have a lot in common, both with Sue Blue and not having action figures. Oh, yeah. Um, I see. Just never got any action yeah. figure love. The only thing I have issue with with the Brave Star is, and I understand where they're coming from, was Brave Star didn't have a ponytail in, on the figure. In the cartoon, he had a long ponytail, 
it was two things. One, they're like, do boys want to play with a toy with that has a oh, ponytail? Like well, just like even like a plastic, plastic. anything. So they kind of just had this little nub on the back, like it was like a very low man bun, pretty much. Um, but unfortunately, that was the one thing that was left out. I think a lot of it has to do with the molding process too. It would just cost a lot more, and a ten dollar figure would have probably been just by adding a ponytail, probably make it like 20. a twenty. Yeah, it's a place set all of a sudden. But yeah, that. My love for Brave Star is never ending. I love those figures, and, um, and the playset. I play was blind set, to its existence. It was my absolute. I adored it as a kid, and unfortunately, it didn't survive the movings, the purges, the losses over the years. So, is it? It's prime for a reboot. It's, it's prime for I, someone to make a I movie. Th I think it's perfect for it. The materials there, and. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the toy line's there, too. There are some collectible pieces out, like uh, custom uh, figures that are really cool looking. But I think it's time. I'm not one for pushing reboots, but I Is want my Brave Star back. Is there a Funko Pop yet for Brave Star? No, but Funko. hopefully someone hears this. I will be hunting that down. the horn and do a Brave Star line. They have every other license on the planet. Time for Brave Star. And they do Motu, so that's Mattel. Might as well get on it. All right, well, speaking of... 1987, in December, I'm taking you back to December of 1987, there was a toy that just didn't ship enough. Uh, Matchbox, the company that made this toy, shipped 100,000 for Christmas, and that wasn't enough. No TV, no TV. Oh, 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 I'm Pee Wee Herman. Walking Pee Wee is really cuckoo. He's naughty. I know you are, but what am I? Soon, you'll be that way too. <laughs> Whatever you may do, it's so much fun when he's with you. Banana sandwich? Arr! You'll go wacko, you'll go crazy with Talking Pee Wee. Talking Pee Wee from Matchbox for you and your kid. Cherry sold separately. What's that? Major Lock. So I, I was reading old newspaper articles about the release. Uh, I guess Matchbox did not think these were going to be the hottest toy. And uh, they just kept telling people when they'd call for comments, are, are there more Pee Wee Herman dolls coming? They're like, no, but next year we're having Pee Wee and Cherry and Terry and the set and action figures. No one wanted that. They wanted the, the talking Pee Wee Herman doll. So I was five years old at the time, and I remember only wanting a Pee Wee Herman doll and begging my parents for one for Christmas. Well, Santa for one, because I still believe in Santa. Well, my parents uh, went to the local Kitty City. I'm wearing the shirt. Uh, it was a toy store in the Northeast. Kind of went defunct. They bankrupt themselves in 1992. But there was, a, there was a Kitty City in Philadelphia, and we lived in Lehigh Valley, which is about an hour from here. So they got in the car and they put us with the babysitter and they drove down to Philadelphia just to get this stupid talking Pee Wee Herman doll. Well, the next morning on Christmas morning when I got it, I was super excited. I had to draw a t-shirt on my dad there because he was just letting it all hang out. But uh, that's me at five years old in my jammies holding my Pee Wee Herman doll. Uh, so I took this thing everywhere with me, Squeezer. Outside, playground sleep well one night and this was I don't want you to accuse me of being a constant problem with this but one night I had a little too much ecto cooler I went to bed floating and I woke up and there was an accident and my Pee Wee Herman doll suffered the brunt of that accident yes but bed and I wet my Pee Wee Herman doll so <laughs> 
my mom tried to cut his little clothes off and wash him, but it just wasn't the same. It kind of soaked in to uh, the costume and got into the record player. It was, it was a mess. But at the time, Matchbox did not lie. They shipped more, and they were able to find one. But uh, the Pee Wee Herman doll was huge. The show was huge. Uh, there was an action figure line from Matchbox, which was known for only making cars, really, at the time. They also made that talking Freddy Krueger doll, which was spooky as all hell. But uh, they made the cherry to go along with Pee Wee. Uh, and uh, I believe a puppet Pee Wee Herman doll. So you could do a ventriloquist act with Pee Wee. And they made a puppet. I forget the puppet that was on his show. They made one of them. And, so uh, you would say this was like the Tickle Me Elmo of its day. <laughs> yes, but uh, after 1992, no one wanted to compare the talking Pee Wee Herman doll to a Tickle Me Elmo. That's a good movie point. Theater right, fair enough. So... Later that summer, Big Top Pee Wee would come out, and you'd probably not fizzle out until 1990. Mm -hmm. But uh, in my estimation, there was uh, nothing bigger, uh, no toy I remember more than the talking Pee Wee Herman doll, five years old, December 1987. So he was basically like your best friend? <laughs> best only. Okay. For many years. Well, fortunately... I never peed on anyone else. Oh. Fortunately, if you didn't have a friend, there was a company there that, for 99 cents with your meal, could provide you with a friend. In the new movie, The Land Before Time, Littlefoot, Sarah, Ducky, and Spike share an incredible journey. Along the way, they become best friends. Now we'll always be together. And now these lovable characters can be your child's friends too. With a pizza from Pizza Hut, a Land Before Time dinosaur is only 99 cents. So come to Pizza Hut. Your friends are waiting. We'll always be together. Pizza Hut! Leave it to Pizza Hut to come to the rescue, because after you're done sitting through the land before time and bawling your eyes out, you can go to Pizza Hut, binge eat on a deep dish pizza, and then have your parents buy you a friend for 99 cents, unless you wanted Sharp Tooth, in which case he was $1.49. It's the brilliance on their part when McDonald's is giving away toys with their Happy Meals, and that you would go to Pizza Hut, and then they would charge you to buy toys from them, and it would work every time. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that pissed my parents off more than anything, that they had to buy it because I would absolutely go insane Well, it was the reason to even in drive you there. Now, to me also, at the time, Pizza Hut at you know, five, six years old, that was like the finest cuisine you can possibly imagine. I got to drink out of those red, those, cups, those red, red plastic, plastic cups. cups to me, it was like a wine, like, I God. felt like I was an adult and drinking out of, like, a chalice. Um, but these figures, and then they made perfect bath toys down the road eventually. Um, but I had, I had Spike, and I believe I might have had Ducky. My sister eventually got Petrie, so they released these four when the movie came out in 88 during their run. And then in 80, afterwards, when it came out in VHS... Then they released them again, these four, along with Petrie, and then they also released Sharptooth for $1.49. Why was he the extra 50 cents? I don't, he was a little bit bigger, but not enough, not enough to justify the additional charge, because they could get away with it. 
So your parents would take you to actual Pizza Hut, and you would sit down and eat it in the store? In the, well, it was called a restaurant. Restaurant, but yeah. yes. Sorry. Um, my parents refused to be seen in public with us because we were kind of monsters. Uh, so they'd, my dad would run out and pick it up. But I think the delivery guy would uh, bring it, would he? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was easy for us because while we were waiting for the pizza, they would just sprinkle some of the Parmesan cheese on the plate, <laughs> and I would just lap it up like a retriever. So nothing's um, changed? No, nothing has changed. <laughs> That's how we keep um, them calm before we get pizza now. Um, but yeah, I, I think... The whole puppet thing came from, too, back in the 70s, there was this Pete, the puppet that Pizza Hut ran, and it was just a plastic sleeve, um, like kind of like the gas mitt that you would get, but with <laughs> a character on it named Pizza Pete. And I think then that died down. McDonald's had Ronald McDonald yes. uh, yeah. plastic. So I, and I puppets. think that's what kind of inspired them. They did Land Before Time was, was huge. They also did a Beauty and the Beast tie-in, which is also very popular. And uh, Casper, when the Casper movie came out, they also released those. That, and they glowed in the dark. Those were pretty awesome. Oh, and, my, and Eureka's Castle. I had Batley. Oh, yes, Eureka's Castle. The Eureka's Castle. Castle puppets were also fantastic. I don't remember really playing with them other than, like, I remember your hand would get so sweaty in there because you're just jamming it in a, a vinyl <laughs> your pocket. Your hands are naturally and sweaty. And you can just kind of squeeze your hand and make the head pop up and down, but... You are the squeezer. We would always be together. So. Uh, well, do you remember Pizza Hut also sponsored the world-famous rock, rock tour coming out of our shells? Yes. I remember oh, getting they, back at that. And their uh, Back to the Future 2 glass as well. I don't, I don't they had, ba- they had uh, glasses that came out back to Future 2. I would say... Even though the, the pizza was definitely a quality over quantity when it came to <laughs> promotions and sales, because these were just awesome. But the food Even was more you, quantity over quality. Uh, you just eat as much as you can until you're full. Oh, that's when they had the buffet too. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, so. That, so still my friends, my friends to this day is Spike right there. I don't know. I had we had one of them that we had to share between the three of us. I think you know it was fun for a minute, and Lisa got it. Yeah, she got everything, but that's what little sisters are for. So, um, we're staying in the '80s. Uh, what was, in your opinion, the biggest must-have toy of the late '80s? The thing that every kid needed to have, and if your friends had it, if your cousins had it, if any of your relatives had it, and you didn't, you were basically dying. We're talking. What's it like to play the Nintendo Entertainment System? It's like being on the ultimate power trip. You're playing exciting arcade hits like Super Mario Brothers, Kung Fu, Hogan's Alley, Karnov, and other games like Breakthrough and Excitebike. Deluxe set comes as shown with two game packs, other games sold separately. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Yeah, the Nintendo action set is what we had. It came with an orange zapper, and it came with Duck Hunt and Mario Brothers, and my parents thought for the longest time until Blockbuster started running games that we only needed those two games. We tried to explain them multiple times that we needed every game, but, you know, it was what you can get. And we bought that at a little store. Do you remember a store called James Way? It was in the Northeast. Uh, store-wide Christmas circular sale is going on now. Pennsylvania, great sale prices and, uh, on holiday fashion for your Delaware. entire family. From shirts to sweaters and jeans to jackets, they're all on sale at James Way. Plus, don't miss Midnight Madness special savings and prices from 9 p.m. to midnight, Friday night only. We care about you. Midnight Madness this Friday night at 9. James Way. 
James A was famous for the return policy. You could bring it back ran over by your car and without a receipt and they'd have to take it back and give you all your money. Uh, I think that's what forced them into bankruptcy in 1995. So we, uh, my, my one family friend, my dad's friend, he had, he was known for giving like luxurious birthday uh, presents. Like uh, if your kid was having a birthday, you know, short of a car, you got something really cool from him. And my cousin, got a Nintendo for his birthday, which was in April. So my brother and I were like, Dad, you gotta invite this guy to our birthday party. We're getting a Nintendo out of this guy. So it, that was April, you know, May comes. We're like, this guy's coming, we're getting a Nintendo. Come our birthday, we're getting a Nintendo. We know it's happening. He got mad at Nintendo, we're getting one. You know, June, gets, getting, getting even closer. July comes, he pulls up. We don't even care about anything our parents got us. We're waiting for this guy to pull up. He pulls up, he gets out of his car and he's like, Wait till you see what I got you got. My brother and I's our birthday. We're two years apart, but it's a week apart. He's, we're both in July. So it's, it's a joint birthday party. He's like, wait till I see what I got you guys. Pulls up in his car, opens the back. We're excited. We're like, all right, just get the Nintendo out and hook it up. We want to play. He pulls out. He got us a basketball hoop. I mean, we don't play sports. <laughs> what are we going to do with this? This doesn't play video. Can I play Mario Brothers on this thing? We couldn't. So I, th we, I, I think the layer of devastation our parents saw on us was apparent and they said all right you two idiots can pull your money together and buy yourself a Nintendo so we went to James Way and they used to keep their video games in their system in this locked cell in the middle of the store so we walk up and we're like Bilbo and his party at the Prancing Ponies looking up we're like uh, two Nintendos please and my mom's like they're getting one each aren't getting your own Nintendo like, all right one, one Nintendo please and he reaches up and pulls down this giant box. You know, he's up there like a, a pharmacist getting pills, you know, way, way higher than you. Pulls down and he's like, all right, how are you guys going to pay for this? We're like, um, a lot of change and some dollars. So we, you know, count out our pulled money together. And this poor guy had to sit in there and wait for us to, I think it was like $150 at the time for the action set. But yeah, we had, I think we came up a little short and uh, my mom helped us out, Bill. but you know, we were expecting to each get our own, but you know, <laughs> we sell it for one. Well, you know, it comes with two player for some The two game. controllers, can, yes, yes. But I always had to be Luigi because I was a younger brother. Uh, and uh, watch him play Duck Hunt. Because the two player one in that was, you had to pass the zapper back and forth. So well. And I was bad at it, so I'd better. I, I got in the habit of watching It was easier play. if you just stood right up against the TV and pressed a gun to the screen. We figured out uh, not too uh, late into our run that if we just aimed it at the lamp in the corner and shot it, it'd kill the ducks. So, you know, before Game Genie, that's how we cheat. As soon as we got Game Genie, I cheated on every single game we played. That's how I roll. Gotta cheat. That's why I don't like the new NES Classics, SNES Classic. I can't jam a game genie in there and make the games easier for me. Well, see that too and it works right away. There's something to the challenge of doing the finger wipe, the blow, jamming a pen in there, smacking the side a couple times, hit the reset button. But hitting, and it, hitting the power right at the right time Yes. when you get that cartridge in there that it doesn't do that flashing thing. Yeah, there, was a, there was an art to getting your Nintendo to work until they came out with that top-loading one, which no one had yeah, anyway. I still have my, I still have my original. Mine's in my brother's ass, because we didn't have two, so he got to keep it. 
She would have just let us buy two. I'd have a Nintendo right now. Uh, how dare she? <laughs> how dare she? All right, I think it's safe to move right. on to... Now, there's a... You had your NES, and then eventually down the road, you, brought, you came out with your Sega Genesis. Not much further. Not much further. But, so, Nintendo had Zelda. And, I mean, what can I say? It's a fantastic game. But Genesis and Sega and Climax Entertainment came out with another game in uh, 1992 in Japan, 1993. And this might be my absolute favorite RPG, one of my favorite video games ever made. And I just want to, like, from the rooftops shout, like, check this game out and give uh, this game a try. Yeah, this looks so much fun. This is one of the hardest games on Genesis. It looks just as fast as Sonic. It, this is infuriating. So, it's an isometric 3D platformer, but with 2D sprites. Now, notice there are no shadows and no real depth. And you are constantly forced to... This is like the demo, the intro to the game. At some point, you do have to do this towards the end of the game. There's a certain amount of torque that a Genesis controller can take. And I guarantee you, this game will push you over the edge to testing that. I have twisted it. I, I have like heard it crack. Lean into it. You do. It's like a racing game. Yeah. You kind of duck and dodge, and eventually, you will, I guarantee you, you will break a controller playing this game. How many times did you fall off your beanbag chair? I, yes, I had a, I was a, oh, my hook and Spider-Man beanbag chairs. Um, but yeah. You had a little Still, too much leftover pizza grease from that Pizza Hut. It's a really fun game. So what I liked most about it was, and I don't know why, at such a young age, I was jaded with the idea of the hero, Link, like saving the princess, saving Hyrule. Um, Nigel here, he's no hero. He's a treasure hunter and that's it. You, your goal is to find the treasure. So this You're is not, not a noble cause. There is no noble cause in this game. It's actually rather dark for as colorful and as playful as it is. And then you also have your little fairy friend, which is like a goth version of Navi from Zelda as well. Um, there, the, the European and the American version is edited from the Japanese as well. The Japanese version was very sexual and very awkward, like for no reason whatsoever. Is that where the stalker and land stalker comes from? Very might. Well, there is. Yeah, they edited out. There's a bathtub scene. There was a brothel scene that they, in the American version, changed to a ballet studio. Um, there is a, like a book, like a Necronomicon book in here, which in the Japanese versions, for some reason, is just a little tome with a Playboy bunny on it. For no re it fits nowhere in this genre or anything, but they just did it because... Why not? Why not? Landstalker's got a land um, restraining order. But, yeah, th this... It's a lot of fun. The puzzles are awesome, whereas some of your Zelda games are just moving things and trying to find your way through a maze. The puzzles here are more like riddles. There are parts in games where you have to go through a crypt and you really have to think your way through it. The fighting is a little 70s 
secondary actually to the exploring and the puzzle solving. And at some point you do get to play as a dog that has no animations to it whatsoever. So you just kind of see a single image of a dog move around the screen and when it hops, it literally just pops up into the air and down. But seriously, look around out here. If you see this game and you got a Genesis, find it, check it out. I love this game, it's a lot of fun. So they this say came out in 93? <clears throat> yeah, 92 in Japan, 93 in the US. So York. no one played this because they are all playing A Link to the Past. <laughs> I and didn't have a Super Nintendo, okay? Well. Otherwise, yeah, I probably would have and I wouldn't be talking about this. But if you see this out here, check it out, find this game. If you play it and you don't like it, go online and use the internet to its full potential and say mean things. But well, you won't because this game, it's a phenomenal game. Okay, but are you telling them to download the ROM illegally or to buy a copy? No, like a responsible no, no. Support, support the vendors out here. I already figured out how to add extra games to the SNES Mini Classic. I don't think you're supposed to say that. I own all the cards that I added. Okay. Then um, I'm going to buy the rest here today at RetroCon. But if they, they made a Sega uh, version that's just garbage, um, at games, but you, you can't add extra games to it. You have to buy the cart and stick it in. But maybe I'll try and dig out Landstalker. And it's play. an awesome game. You, do you own it still? Yeah, I still have my copy. It's in Genesis right now. Have you ever you, beaten it? I, once. <laughs> and so it's only, they say it's like 15 minutes or 15 hours of gameplay, which back then it was a lot. But I remember taking months to get to the final boss of this game. And then I went to load it up one day, and my save was just gone. And my first reaction is to blame my little sister, who Smash I don't know why Sega. she would have any ink whatsoever. She wouldn't even know how to turn on my Genesis. She never touched it. But she figured it out to delete it. But she save. figured it out just in time to delete that, and I had to start from scratch. And the final boss is brutal. The last two to three hours of that game is just abusive as far as video games go. Were there Game Genie cheats for it? Never even tried to use it. No. It was, it was like a moral thing. I, didn't, I refused. I refused to lay down to this game. All right, well, we got one more topic before our special guests join us back there. They're already in the house. Uh, I, um, as a kid, and I'm missing this now because Morgan Spurlock, a director, did this movie called Supersize Me, and he pointed out how absolutely horrible everything at McDonald's was for people, and they got rid of the supersize. But back in the 90s, they had the Grand Poobah meal. McDonald's takes you back to bedrock. Fellow Lodge members, introducing one that is truly unique, one of extraordinary appeal, the Grand Poobah Supersize Meal at Rock Donald's. A juicy McRib sandwich, smothered in tangy sauce, with supersized fries and a large coat. Last one of Rock Donald's is a fossil! Grand Poobah meals for everyone! Order! Order! Neanderthal. What you want is what you get at McDonald's today. I mean, you just can't get a meal anymore that is like 5,000 calories in one sitting. And I think that's a, that's a crime. Uh, back then, I think the first ever supersize came with Jurassic Park, the dino size. That's when they realized they can give you 13 pounds of french fries and you will pay for them. Uh, they did a, a Jurassic Park tie-in called the dino size. Go get a three-gallon soda and the super-sized dino fry, and then Batman Returns had a tie-in where you had the plastic cups with the 
little frisbee discs on mm -hmm. top. Uh, they, they always did these cool tie-ins that I just don't think they do anymore. Um, McDonald's tried one last weekend with Rick and Morty. They introduced that Cheswan sauce. Mm -hmm. So I showed up at our local McDonald's, got out of my car, saw the line wrapped around it, got in line, and the guy goes to me, they have no sauce. I was like, what are you doing in line then? He goes, I just want to see what they do have. <laughs> I don't think they had anything. They, the menu is the same from day to day, <laughs> yeah, right? right. They might have been giving away posters to like 10 people online, so he was just trying his luck. But they had none of this just one sauce. They gaffed, but they promised they were gonna bring it back. Uh, but until then, uh, I just have to long for the days when McDonald's would sell you uh, a giant 5,000 calorie meal and we you know, thanked them for it. And uh, that's one of my favorite memories, the old McDonald's promotions. And I think before we bring up the Cybertronic Warriors, we're going to debut their new music video, Cybertronic Warrior.
pretty awesome. Hey, are these microphones? Oh, I can hear that I'm being projected a little bit more than normal. First of all, RC, you have some pipes. Thank you very much. Uh, a few questions for the Cybertronic spree. Did any of the Dinobots audition for the band? Hot Rod, do you want to take this one? Yeah, so we had Grimlock and he came up and he was like, me Grimlock, me sing like RC. Uh, Does he play any instruments? We, we, we put him in the film, uh, oddly enough. He was really good, um, but uh, the director, Stephen, uh, he just didn't think it, it had the same, you know, delivery as RC. Yeah, he, he was a mess. He, he, he wrecked a, quite a few takes on film. Like, Grimlock has a powerful, powerful voice, as we've heard several times before. Uh, but yeah, for the, uh, the actual filming was rather difficult in the uh, confined space of the mech there, yeah. Probably for the best. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to push too much, but for you guys, three of you in particular, so Rumble, how is it that after all you guys have been through, that you managed to put together Cybertronic Spree, this band, all the turmoil you've been through, you've been able to put that behind you? Is that, is that a testament to the power of music? That's absolutely right. It is the power of rock that brings us all together. I, I never thought, if you'd asked me back in 1986, if I'd be hanging out with the Unicron, the Quintesson, Rumble, a Decepticon, really? I'd bust Decepticon chops. But as it, was hap as it happened, you know, things after the 86 movie took a bit of a dive. Uh, I gave Prime back the Matrix, because let's face it, I'm not the greatest leader. I'm not the Prime we all deserve. You're not even the greatest band leader. Thank you, Rumble. <laughs> However, you know, so things that hit, I think for me personally, rock bottom. I was living out of my car, you know, Transform. A lot of and, musicians uh, go through that. But the tunes from the 1986 movie, Transformers the movie, just kept resonating and uh, resonating. And I had it, you know, it was the only tape I owned. So, uh, so yeah, it just gave me this idea. I thought, what, what, what if? And yeah, as it turns out, the power of rock compelled all of us to set aside our warring factions. It's pretty good because world. we're all too busy playing music to beat each other up now. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, mean, we saved the fights for the dressing room. I, uh, now, I understand. You guys can put things aside. Unicron did try to consume the multiverse. I mean, that's a big... I mean, he can shred. I saw him play. So it, he's that good that you're like, you know what, you tried to destroy all of life and existence, but you're that good on guitar. He's eaten a lot of talent in his time. You can't <laughs> deny that. Like, you just can't. Like, that's, imagine every week an entire planet's musicians are consumed into this one being. Does he absorb that talent? Oh, yeah. It's incredible. It's like, you know, sense 17 Vangelises every day, you know, a few Beethovens. It's unbelievable. He's, he's just so skilled. And, uh, you know, Prime lets me borrow the Matrix from time to time, dangle it in front of him, go, yeah, remember, remember, we're, we're, you're, you're not going to do the whole thing? Yeah. It's worked so far. Uh, we just, he's kind of, we just keep him really, 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 really drunk. 
Uh, lots of alcohol. Does he's a robot. Take? He's very large. And that generally keeps him on the uh, happy side. Does it keep his gravitational pull low? Here's a planet. <laughs> uh, question. Back in 1986, how did you let Daniel do this without a helmet? Oh, boy. It was the 80s, man. It was the 80s. <laughs> you know what? Parenting, I've got to say, it was he a was lot fighting. different back in 2005. You know, it's he, he weird was okay. He was fine. He was fine. I, I had my eye on him the whole time. He was never in any real danger. So my dad the board skips us. out there. Uh, as you can see, I caught him. It was a one-take shot. In fact, it wasn't Daniel. It was a smaller man. Uh, his, his name was uh, uh, Luigi. And uh, yeah, he was like a 43-year-old uh, Italian race car driver. And uh, he just happened to look, you know, somewhat similar. So yeah, that take there, that's, that's Luigi and I. Daniel was never in any real harm. Yeah, we, we do put Spike in harm from time to time, but he always has his helmet. That's right. Yeah, he Daniel's does. not wearing a helmet there. I, I don't advise that at all. I've, I've distanced myself publicly <laughs> from the events of the film. <laughs> it is fiction, folks. It's fiction. Did anyone ever tell you that there's a lot of parallels between the film we have in America on our planet, The Godfather, and your film? What? Uh, so, hear me out. Optimus Prime is Don Corleone. He gets gunned down early in the film. Uh, the second in command, well, Sonny and, uh, and obviously the Godfather, but he, he takes over, but he's not up to the task. So the young outcast uh, of the group comes back to take over and control the Yuharaj, the Michael of the Sarah. Thank you very much. That's an excellent observation. You know, I, I never thought of it that way, and I love The Godfather. Did you come up with that one? I, well, I was, we were re-watching we it the other night, and I was like, oh, this is kind of when you, when you finally come back and take over. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like The Godfather, the whole story. So I photoshopped this thing together yesterday, and uh, I figured I'd bring that up. That's, that's a pretty that. good photoshop. No, that's, that's great. <laughs> we should hire this guy to do some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I could do merch flyers and other things, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if my frequent flyer miles can take me to Cybertron. Now, RC, I, I don't, I don't want to stir up any uh, buried feelings. It took you 30 years for you to finally get a legitimate figure of yourself. A legitimate what? Action figure. A figure of yourself. It, was there over the time until that finally did, did it nag at you? Was it was there ever any contention between you and the group because of this? You know what? In a way, it nags at you, but another way, I don't care. It's just an action figure. I'm the real thing. That's all you need. Me, rock and roll. But what's what's worse, care. that it took 30 years, or if they keep releasing your action figure and labeling you as your brother? Have you seen the Hot Rod action figures? I ask you. They're Seriously. You're great. At least they don't call you Springer for some of the action figures. This is true. <laughs> the Springer Port Rumble has figures. a frenzy complex. They do. <laughs> uh, what is it like? What is the relationship you guys have with Weird Al Yankovic? Because he has a song on your soundtrack. Uh, Al is an inspiration, to say the least. Yeah, and we've had, uh, we've had Weird Al's perform with us on several occasions uh, live. That's been a lot of fun to arrange. A lot of talent. 
Um, yeah, it, it really speaks to our, you know, twisted metal sense of humor. Yeah. What and songs do you guys feel like showcases your talents the best? Well, I mean, I gotta say, Cybertronic Warrior is where it's at. I mean, we crashed a ship just to make a video for that song, because it's that rockin'. Uh, and it was totally intentional. It had nothing to do with the fact that it was my first time piloting a mech. Uh, it was all supposed to blow up. It was uh, it's rock and roll. That is happens. pretty metal. I don't think the Rolling Stones ever crashed a ship making a music video. Well, we had to one-up them. And uh, Stephen Kostansky, the director of, of uh, such cult classics as Manborg, if you're not familiar, check out Manborg. That's an incredible film. Uh, and uh, more recently, he's got a, a horror uh, film called The Void out right now, which is quite quite chilling. Uh, so when he came to us and he said, "I've got this brand new mech for you guys. Could you just, you know, we'll fly it around a bit and we'll film some shots. It'll look really cool." And we thought this this will be a really fun, simple video. And I don't know how I flew into that giant planetoid thing, and then the turrets came out, and it was one of those things where you're pushing buttons. We had B and Soundwave, and they. They, they, you know, they didn't realize that it wasn't a simulation, so they're pushing all these random buttons and things are happening. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't have had them up there. It's true, it's true. We just we kind of wanted to include them. We felt kind of bad because they didn't really play anything on the video. So, uh, so yeah, we just started pushing random buttons and things just went from bad to awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, when we wrecked it, uh, Steven, he was really cool about it because he had spent all the money he's ever made and ever will make on this mech, which we didn't realize. And then, of course, nobody took out insurance. Uh. So when we totaled the mech... Yeah, which, which is funny because I feel like it was the mothership's fault. Well, yeah. yeah it did launch the torpedoes first. It Drew first blow. Well, so we tried to use the whole, like, while well, we were, you know, defending ourselves thing. Um, I haven't seen Steven since that day. No, I believe he's, uh, he's serving time right now on our behalf. He's, honestly, he's the best director uh, a bot could ever hope to have in the universe. Uh, we hope to clone him soon. I think that's a lesson for everybody. If you're going to fly a spaceship in a music video, make sure it's insured. Now, you guys, you hear band stories, like crazy stories of rock bands on tour like that. You've heard legend Keith Moon driving a car into a pool. Have you ever driven into a pool? Into a pool? You were swimming all the time. It's true. I'm a bit of a fish. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you watch me in the 1986 film, that was my favorite scene. I'm underwater and I'm all like, cup, rimlock, slag. And uh, yeah, Cup and I had a great time shooting that scene, and we're just going around. For those who haven't seen it, uh, they filled up this gigantic pool, and uh, it was incredible. All the Quintessons were there, and they're, they're lovely, and they're excellent swimsuit models, I must say. And uh, so yeah, we just had a pool party around there, and uh, got a little carried away. Some, some Quintessons got hurt, uh, but you, you know, really they were fine. You really did kill some Sharpticons. <laughs> I, I did, I did. The sh I yeah. When I go swimming, I just sink to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, you need wheels, my friend. That's the, that's the trick, I yeah. guess. Wheels and so, uh, somehow an exhaust pipe on your, you know, like, and a spoiler, and then you go really fast underwater. Okay. Yeah. You also, for some reason, in the beginning of the film, are fishing yourself with that giant fishing rod. Where did you get a fishing rod for your um, proportion, and why were you fishing? What do you do with the fish? Uh, that's that's, back, that's a bit of a private uh, matter. <laughs> yeah. 
they don't make rods like that, let me just say. So, uh, also, hot rod. Yeah, they don't call me hot rod because I'm orange. <laughs> so now, you guys, I, I would assume you have dual citizenship, both Cybertron and Canada, perhaps? Now, I... An Autobot City. An Autobot City, of course. But uh, okay, so true story, we're, we just sort of crashed into Canada this time. We, we, we meant to hit Detroit Rock City because we thought, hey, if we're bringing the band back, uh, what better place than Detroit, am I right? And, we, uh, we missed it by a bit. Yeah, we kind of got carried away and uh, shot down. We don't have citizenship in Canada. Yeah, no, we're, we just, um, we shouldn't have said that publicly, Rumble. They don't like us. No, they love us. I think, if anywhere, Canada, rather than the U.S., is a place not to have citizenship. It, that, that is it. It's, I think we lucked out on the whole, uh, on the whole citizenship you issue. You might have been in trouble yeah, if you hit Detroit. True. It's true. I, I bring up Canada because I came across one of your videos. Now, your, your songs, everything from Transformers, fantastic. But I came across of you guys doing a cover of Run With Us. And when I saw that, that made me... Rac the raccoons is perhaps one of my favorite shows of all time. And when I saw that, I watched that over and over. I was rocking out the entire time. It's uh, fantastic. Wait. Thank you so what, much. Thank what's you. What's the raccoons? The raccoons, for those who don't know, is a Canadian animated series that happened in the 80s and uh, touched a lot of Canadians' lives. In fact, we covered that song specifically so the Canadian government would be cool with us living in Canada. <laughs> Wait. As soon as they saw that video, they're like, you guys are all right. You can stay. I thought That's it in was, their charter. Uh, I thought it was from Hobo with a Shotgun. That's why I agreed to play it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. If you see the film Hobo with the Shotgun, the ending credits, they also use Lisa Lohit's uh, Run With Us. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. Raccoons was a fantastic series. We'd watch it on Cybertron. We were like, these little guys wearing masks. RC thought everyone in Canada looked like a raccoon until <laughs> we got there. She just thought Americans looked like humans and Canadians looked like raccoons and aardvarks, depending on their alignment, you know, like Decepticons and Autobots. Uh, yeah. Rumor is the creator is working on bringing it back. Just we so heard the aware. same rumor. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kevin, I believe his name is. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, what a great guy. Uh, we're really rooting for him. Uh, we think returning to that would be an incredible treat, I think, for fans of all ages. Hey, we I should record that song for him if he wants us to. We did yeah. mention that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could use a revamped version of that theme song for the new version of Raccoons. Now, there's something about that 86 movie, and it's awesome. It, it, the movie just rocks. Now, I don't want to say anything negative about the recent films. They speak for themselves. Um, now, would you guys, if offered, would you want to take part in it? And you're like, you know what? This is our art. Like, that 80, nothing can touch that 86 film that you guys put on. And I mean, it is an hour and a half just metal video, if you think about it. So, what you're asking is, if Michael Bay came calling, would you guys answer your phone? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I answer my phone all the time. <laughs> Sometimes it's people wanting to clean my air ducts. And I'm like, that's a very personal request. I don't even know you yet. But I would love to do something with Michael Bay. I think that'd be fun. You know what I like about those movies? I like that it brings new people into liking Transformers. And anything that keeps Transformers alive is good with me. 
Wow, that's uh, incredibly diplomatic of you to say. I never knew a Decepticon could be so subtle. Eat a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that's more the answer I was looking for. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be. It would be interesting. It would be a challenge. You know, I've seen myself represented a lot of different ways, on in film now, and uh, I guess the most recent iteration. Yeah, we have nothing to do with that. Um, that's sort of Prime's bag. Uh, he he makes his money and Bay, he's got his thing going, he's running the franchise, like, that bot has big shoulders, uh, so yeah, he's always been very supportive of us, and I feel like if Optimus was to ask us, well, of course, we'd just answer the call, uh, for sure. So. Does he walk around with a big head after every release? <laughs> Wait, was that a question? I didn't hear it quite well. I said, does, does Optimus walk around with a big head after every release? Well, he is a giant robot, he does his head is fairly large for, you know... Yeah. I mean, he's no headmaster. But That's no. right. Not that we know Deep of. Cut. Deep cut squeezer. Mm -hmm. You guys looking forward to tonight's performance? Yeah, why don't you tell the people what's going on tonight? Well, tonight we have a very special, special event. It's, it's a performance, I believe. I think we're going to do a live performance here. Uh, sorry, is someone in trouble? Yeah, it sounds awesome. Or those squeals of joy. It, it's really hard to differ. <laughs> I, I think Good it's a squeal? roller coaster okay. simulator. Okay, I'll, we'll just take it as uh, Ratchet's job. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, we've got a live performance tonight. We're really excited to be here at RetroCon. And we're going to be just across the street at Arnold's Family Fun Center. And we are going to put the center back in Arnold's Family Fun Center. No, the, as no, in the fun. Oh, the fun. No, we're going to put the center in it. Why not because both? we're going to be the center of attention. But you want to be the fun? Okay, we'll put the fun yeah. in it. Okay, fine. We'll put the fun. Anyways, it's going to be a rock show. There will be no Arnold's in attendance. Yeah. Well, there may be in the audience, but not on stage. Not on stage. Just, just robots in disguise. Well, what's that? We're doing a show tonight? Uh, <laughs> yes, Rumble. I was going to update you uh, later. Oh. So uh, what time's that at? Uh, so we're going to have the doors at 7 p.m. So I believe there's enough time after the convention wraps today to grab yourself uh, something to eat, although they have a wonderful selection of items at Arnold's. This is me not doing a plug at all for Arnold's and their wonderful eatery. Uh, however, yeah, you can grab a dinner there, grab a bowl, because I believe they have bowling, and I love to bowl, as I love to fish, apparently. <laughs> so Do you have a custom yeah. bowling ball? Doors at 7. We'll be right on stage at 8 o'clock. And uh, yeah. And then we'll get to meet you all after the show. That's right, we do a little meet we, and greet after the show, so if you'd like, like a photo with the band. With yeah. yeah. So that the people remember. We I don't care to remember all of this. <laughs> well we have it all we have it all up in here. We don't, don't need to take pictures. I, I don't remember much of anything. We keep his hard drive rather small, I'm afraid. Makes sense. Well I think that's uh, all the time we've got here with uh, these guys. They have to get ready for the show and I believe you're gonna be walking around the con floor. Yeah, we'll be uh, hanging out. In fact, I think at 12 p.m., uh, Earth Standard Time, uh, we will be at our booth, and we'll be posing for photos between 12 and 1 there. So if you'd like to get a photo with the band, uh, yeah, please drop on by. And uh, after that, yeah, we'll be roaming a bit and uh, then getting ready for our show. So looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having us yeah, on the podcast, Thank you for guys. hosting. This yeah. is a lot Thanks of fun. Thank you. RC, Hot Rod, Rumble, yeah, Cybertronics Free. Cybertronic thank free. you for attending. Thank you so much, the Red is.
Well, uh, if you want to listen to more of our podcasts, we are on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, we're everywhere. You can go to radiers.com and subscribe to any one of those on there. We also blog. We're on Instagram. We have giveaways. We do a lot of fun stuff. We talk everything from the 80s and 90s, including Transformers. And uh, we do one every week. So check us out. And thanks for coming by for our live podcast. Thanks to the Cybertronic Spree. Squeezer, anything else? Nope. All right. That's all we have tonight. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, guys.